0: Now emergency management isn't necessarily just about response and, you know, recovery anymore. It, it really is becoming much more complex.
1: Hi and welcome to Ian Weekly and today we're talking to Daniel Alexander from FEMA's National Integration Center and his division which is responsible for a whole bunch of different things but one of the ones is the prep talks and of course I really kind of dig in prep talks and the whole concept behind it and I'm so glad they're doing it and they're going to be continuing so we're going to talk to Daniel a little bit about that program and some more. One of my goals is to promote and grow the profession of emergency management We talked to Daniel a little bit about that as well. And uh, so last month, we launched the EM Student Show. The program's a little bit shorter, and they do focus on student issues. But give them a try, you know, and and let us know what you think of them Things that you had questions about when you were a student, or if you are a student, things you have questions about, come on, reach out and and talk about it, and and I will uh, do the research and find information for you if I don't know about it, or I'll address those questions to you there. So again, reach out, just go to the Ask Todd button and click that, and you can ask right there as well. So, and speaking of Ask Todd, Mike from Buffalo, New York asked if going to uh, conferences are worth the time and the money. Well, Mike, that's a great question. You know in today's budget conscious world the spending money and in most cases in emergency management taxpayers money to attend a conference worth it and i have to tell you you know you have to choose wisely um i think that for the most part conferences are great it's a great place to meet new people in emergency management make great connections make great friends and also you get to see new products that are out there go to some really good symposiums and classes, and you get to meet the industry leaders, hear from them directly. And I think those are are the exciting parts about going to the conferences, especially like the national conference, like the IEM conference, for instance, is a great conference to go to. So I think as long as you choose wisely and you spend your money well, I think that, uh, yes. so Mike and Buffalo, I think, yeah, choose it and go. Now, let's talk to Daniel. Today I have with me from FEMA, Daniel Alexander, and he's going to talk about what he does, what his uh, program is, and um, a little bit about uh, what's going on with his group in FEMA. So Daniel, welcome to Ian Weekly. Great, thanks. It's great to be here. appreciate the opportunity. So let's start off by how did you get involved with emergency management and FEMA? Yeah, it's, uh, kind of, I think for
0: most of us, a long-sorted, uh, affair. My background's actually in law enforcement. I thought I was gonna be a cop for, uh, the rest of my life. <laughs> and so, uh, graduated from college, got hired by the, uh, Milwaukee Police Department, and I was in law enforcement for about, uh, you know, 13 or so years. And, um, when September 11th happened and the formation of the Department of Homeland Security, I found myself uh, serving first initially as a law enforcement liaison, uh, for what was, you know, known now as Homeland Security in, in the region. So, so when all of the you know urban area security initiative and all the other grants and things like that were formed uh, that's where i found myself in and then um quite frankly you know we uh the mayor created a um office of emergency management and homeland security because we really didn't have one for the city it was at the county level and uh and we uh i was asked to serve in that role and uh kind of fell in emergency management that way and then uh went to uh, the city and county of denver and uh, did was the emergency manager there for several years uh, and then uh, had an opportunity with FEMA. And I joined FEMA Region 8 um, as a federal coordinating officer and then a federal disaster recovery coordinator and then uh, uh, ended up here at headquarters and found my way to uh, managing the NIC. So uh, it was a long circuitous route, but uh, happy to uh, to be where I am and working for a great organization.
1: So what exactly is the National Integration Center and what do you guys do there? Yeah, so the National Integration
0: Center first started out as the NIMS Implementation Center, and um, it has grown over the years. And so we're part of the Protection and National Preparedness Directorate uh, here at FEMA. And uh, the role of of the NIC is really to build uh, uh, the capabilities of our state and local tribal territorial partners. And so the, the whole idea is that um, under the NIC, I've got a couple of branches or divisions, if you will, that do specialized work. So one is our NIMS Implementation Branch. So we manage and kind of we, We're the keeper and the try and sustain uh, the National Incident Management System, so everything related to ICS, uh, EOCs, um, NIMS Implementation Objectives, all those things, and all of the guidance documents, uh, including resource typing, uh, that program is all out of our NIMS Implementation Branch. Uh, we also have a Policy and Doctrine Coordination Branch, and largely what we do there is um, we work across the federal interagency, so the, the frameworks, the, reco- uh, the National Disaster Recovery Framework the response framework, mitigation framework, prevention and protection. Those doctrinal documents, uh, we work with the White House and across the federal interagency to first initially develop those and then to maintain those, as well as the federal interagency operating plans um, that are associated with each of those frameworks. So and then lastly we provide a technical assistance uh, opportunity. So we have a program that works with our state and local tribal territorial partners. And working on um, various uh, technical assistance projects, everything from uh, some of the current activity we're doing is evacuation technical assistance, working with uh, some key states to help improve their um, evacuation planning and actual operational capabilities. We've been doing supply chain and logistics uh, type of technical assistance. We're really proud. This last year, we've launched under our TA program a new program called Prep Talks. It's follows on the model of TED Talks, but it tries to bring in some, you know. Emerging leaders and thinkers in the in the realm of emergency management and and you know host 20 uh, minute discussions uh, in the TED Talk format. We've been releasing those and getting a lot of positive feedback on those. So it kind of is a you know agglomeration a of some areas, all principally designed to make sure that we're implementing and that we're upgrading the capabilities and the capacity through planning guidance, through operational doctrinal guidance, and through technical assistance for our state, tribal, territorial partners.
1: So one of the things that I just want to talk a little bit about before we, I don't want to talk about prep talks as well, but I want to, I want to kind of delve into a little bit about more of the the integration uh, system here. So one of the things that we talk about here is the idea of ESFs and then putting those into the NIMS language and whatnot. How do we get more people, more, let me rephrase that, how do we get more states to come on board with the idea of using ESFs?
0: Yeah, you know, it's always it's a a bit of a challenge, right? And I think that you know, trying to align some of these opportunities and coming on when we have a a year like what we've experienced here um, nationally and SEMA particularly as an agency is that one way is I think that we've got to we've got to bring more people into the fold of these disasters and as far as a, a national workforce. And so what I mean by that is that we need to figure out and find a way that. You know those uh, I hear all the time in my position that you know we just you know there's all these people out there that are trying to be trained and in incident management teams or you know in an EOC and an ESF construct and and, and implementing ESFs, um, but you know you can only do so much with exercises and maintain interest and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know we have to find a way as we see more and more disasters coming that we provide additional opportunities for state and local partners that don't really you know experience a lot of disasters who have haven't had that type of operational capability to get them in the mech. And so I think one way is, you know, through those lessons learned, through those after actions, the actual embedding to, to show that this is how an effective, efficient incident management organization works. Um, and get experience for folks to come in and and you know do that. And I'm not just talking about EMAC, but other opportunities. Um, you know, for instance, FEMA this this last year, you know, because of the of the disaster impacts, we for the first time worked with state and local partners to actually help supplement um, and get folks deployed to help supplement the FEMA mission uh, that were state and and local you know emergency managers and employees. So finding ways to to kind of expand upon that and do that to make sure that we're building this national you. know, know kind of catastrophic workforce if you will and then you know then i think that it provides those operational experiences and then you know that tied with our after actions be becoming more serious about continuous improvement and lessons learned i think is is a way is one way that we can try and get there
1: do you think that we should do something along the lines of like a national uh i don't want to say certification national national credentialing for emergency managers sort of the way the fire department has kind of gone uh in that aspect of things
0: yeah, well that is um and, and I neglected to mention this, that is, uh in my opening comments about what the NIC does, that that is one of the major initiatives that we currently have underway. It's known as the national qualification system. And so uh right now we've you know, we recognize that there's these great, you know, credentialing and qualification systems that have existed out there from you know, NWCG to the All Hazards IMT Association to, you know, FEMA having its own internal what's uh, referred to as a FEMA qualification system. So, over the last two years or so, we've been working on identifying what are those both incident positions, so incident management and emergency management positions that should be typed, and then what are the minimum baseline skills, competencies, tasks that we believe should be associated uh, nationally. For those, uh, for those particular job titles. So the idea is that, you know, in a large disaster as we uh, are engaging in mutual aid, mm. if we have, we, we want to be able to have some level of confidence that, you know, the resource that's being requested in an individual, uh, if they say that they're qualified, that they're able to at least meet some minimum baseline guidance and uh, threshold so that there is some level of, of confidence that that we're receiving a qualified credentialed resource so that's the impetus behind this national qualification system and so just this last year the released a first uh, phase of about 50 uh, 56 positions that uh, you know identify here's the required training here is or I shouldn't say required here's the recommended training here's the recommended experience and then through a position taskbook here are the recommended competency skills skills, behaviors that should be demonstrated for this person to be qualified in whatever that particular position is. And so the idea uh, from a national perspective is FEMA is not qualifying and FEMA is not getting into the certification of actual individuals. We just want to provide the tools that allows our state, local, tribal, territorial partners to do that and that, that there is at least some minimum baseline in which they can compare them against to be able to qualify personnel. And so we produced an NQS guideline document uh, to that effect. Um, It's been released and certainly on the FEMA website, on our resource typing library tool website. Um, And we're currently working on a technology solution that would be provided free to state, local, tribal, territorial partners that would allow them to automate a qualification system at their level that they manage, that they administer, and that this is just a tool that's made available to help uh, to, to get us away from the paper and pen kind of approach that many states still are in and uh, try and automate this so that we've uh, we've got a more effective mutual aid and a better understanding nationally of where qualifications are. So those are some of the things uh, kind of going down that path of the qualification that the NIC is working on to try and, and provide those tools to the nation.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. I read an article just the other day, about a month ago, and it was in one of the trade magazines and geared towards police officers. And it was like, when you retire, if you go onto FEMA's uh, website and take some of the IS courses, you too could be an emergency manager. And I really thought that was a uh, disservice to those in the emergency manager field saying, that, you know, just take some classes, then you can call yourself an EM and I think that's where people get into trouble because they think you're qualified and you go, Oh yeah, I've you know been in law enforcement for twenty five years and now I have this certificate and then they go and they don't know what they're doing and and it can really cause some some havoc in this yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean we view this as a further, you know, professionalization of saying, you know, no, there are uh to, to call yourself an emergency manager and to call yourself, you know, an incident uh in an incident management or incident support position with you know within an operation, there are, you know, there should be some level of, of required experiences, required tasks that should be able to be performed that you should be able to evaluate against. So yeah, we view this as an as a way to further professionalize. And also, you know, to your point, what we're seeing, especially from a national perspective here at FEMA and, and coming off this disaster uh season, we Recognize that you know there and and states report this to us all the time through their you know Thyra and SPR reco- and uh, the preparedness report requirements are uh, you know we have gaps right we have mm-hmm. challenges in being able to in especially in recovery and in the mitigation to you know to, around housing recovery and economic recovery and and you know certain core capabilities we see that there are you know there are gaps of where states and locals would like to be and where they are currently rating themselves so what are some of those job titles, what are some of those positions, and what should those individuals, you know, experience be um, to help f- at least fill some of those gaps so that as we move into recovery, especially in, in housing, for instance, which is always a, a challenge, mm-hmm. that, you know, at the state or local level, we've at least identified, here's some recommendations of, you know, the types of positions that maybe you should have that really looks at disaster housing, not just from the immediate, but also through the long term. You know, here's the Probably the training and the type of experience and what these people should be able to um, exhibit on a disaster. So we're also looking at those gap areas too uh, to try and build some um, some positions around.
1: Do you think we should do something along the lines of continuing education? You know, paramedics, nurses, doctors, uh, law enforcement officers, um, they all have firefighters they have to go through continuous education just to keep their skills up. Should we be doing looking at something like that for emergency managers as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that it uh, continues to be an evolution, and, you know, I think uh, emergency management, clearly with the advent, uh, uh, not just the advent, but with, you know, all of the college, um, you know, uh, and master's programs that we see uh, coming up, clearly the amount of money uh, being here at the natu- uh, National Preparedness Directorate in FEMA, uh, the commitment that we have to all of the training that takes place at, you know, at the Emergency Management Institute and, and then our university consortium partners and the Center for Domestic Preparedness down in Alabama. Alabama, yeah. I mean, we we clearly want to promote this continuing education requirement, and that, and quite frankly, again, using NQS as an example, I mean, there are there are things that are built into each of those positions to maintain currency, and so you know, it, from a profession, from an emergency management profession, continuing education, and and especially in leadership, you know, I think that that's where the key is, is that we need to do a better job of integrating leadership principles and visionary leadership into. The the emergency management profession. so that's not just necessarily looked at. Um, and viewed as like, okay, well, you know, to to use your example, you know, if you're a police officer for 25 years, you take some, you know, classes and you can call yourself an emergency manager. You know, emergency management is becoming much more complex and uh, with a lot more of the challenges that we're facing, uh, we see emergency management being pulled into areas that historically haven't been. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think leadership is really key. And so while there's some operational, tactical, probably training requirements, I'd like to see an increase of, you know, promoting that um, leadership aspects to what emergency management should be.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, I think that's uh, one of those things that you're going to see us in the profession of emergency management uh, take more of leadership roles in a lot of the community issues that are going on out there. Uh, If you take a look at Seattle with the use of emergency managers and and homelessness issues, it looks like uh, Los Angeles City is looking at doing something along that lines. You do see a little bit, and I hate to use this term, but I think you understand what I'm talking about. The mission creep of what a really emergency management really is, and uh, I think that you need to have strong leadership there to to one say no sometimes, and then two to really define what we do as a profession. Um, and I think that's I think you're right. I think leadership is going to be key uh, going into the future. And uh, I am excited about the education programs that are out there—the master's programs and a couple of the PhD programs that are out there—that are really giving a good, solid research background to the emergency managers that right. are coming into the field today. So, uh, I with right. you there.
0: Yeah, no, and I mean, I mean, even when you look at EMI, at the you know, I think FEMA is recognizing that while all of those programs are really coming up, but our Executive Academy and and the Emergency Management Academy. Uh, a program that, that EMI is, is working on is really, you know, moving further and further down that path to, you know, provide our emergency managers and give them an opportunity to really kind of understand what the latest in academic and principles and leadership principles and all of that, uh, which, again, t- as you, you know, you raised, I think, is, is a way to move the profession forward.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about the FEMA Leadership Academies for Emergency Managers, both at the executive level and the advanced level couple things on that. It kind of plays to the the FBI uh, academy that they do for, for law enforcement and for the command college that law enforcement goes through. To be able to move into the next level, they, they have to have one or the other. Uh, I mean, I, I shouldn't say have to, but it's required, it's recommended right. to have one of the other to, to really show your proficiency as a, as a commander in, in law enforcement. And an NFPA or the National Fire Academy, I mean, um, has some stuff like that as well. And I think it's successful to see that stuff coming off uh, out of FEMA with the leadership there uh, with those uh, both academies, the executive committee, the executive Academy and the advanced Academy. so I do I, I do see right. that being really important. I've been checking out your prep talks. And ah. yeah, they're really cool. Matter of fact, um, I've I've interviewed a couple of the the people who presented uh, from prep right. talks. And they're going to be here uh, on the on the show as well. So the prep talks thing, and I really like the the quick twenty minute TED Talk style idea. Well, how did you guys come up with this this idea of prep talks, and then how did you find your first uh, shows? The answer to that question and more, when we return from our break. Emergencies happen
0: whether they're related to medical emergencies, threats of physical violence, weather related or other. One of the most difficult things during an emergency is to find help and quickly and efficiently communicate with all parties, regardless of whether you're an administrator, law enforcement, or the end user. With Titan HST, we help distort time by creating high tech, yet simple to use, mobile-based applications that connect you with the people who can help you.
1: At Titan HST, we believe in the power of people. The modern emergency manager wears lots of hats. So how do you also fit in the needs of your exercise program? It's just a matter of time. And how much is your time worth? A lot. TTX Vault is the answer to getting some of that time back. Pre-assembled tabletops, drills, and functional exercises are what they offer. Spanning NIMS, hospitals and healthcare, special operations and more. Exercises come from the archives of the blue cell. Get a jump start on your exercise program today and visit TTX Vault at www.ttxvault.com. Welcome back from that break, and thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Without them, we couldn't really bring you uh, what we have, so check them out and let them know that you came from EM Weekly. Let's Continue the interview. How did you guys come up with this this idea of prep talks, and then how did you find your first uh, shows? Yeah. So this was, uh, uh,
0: and, and I'll give credit when I when I arrived at the National Integration Center here about a year ago, first as the acting director, and I just became the permanent director back in September. This was an idea that was uh, kind of you know being discussed uh, within the staff and then our Technical Assistance Branch and uh, and the great folks there. And and you know we've heard over the years, and in fact we discussed this. Um, I think most folks are aware that there's the National Advisory Committee for FEMA, and this was in fact one of those um, conversations that we had about. You know, how do we promote, and when I go back to leadership, but how do we promote a conversation in emergency management around you know here are things that you know we should be thinking about or you know uh, global experiences that impact emergency management and also what's on what's emerging right what's what's on the forefront that as emergency managers we really need to think about that we haven't and so there was this kind of like this idea about how and and i think you know many universities and you know we've tried to do this in various aspects but FEMA as an agency you know I, I know we've done some think tanks in the past and but we wanted a unique way that was catchy so that it would you know be uh, you know attractive to folks that and then also there was a mechanism that you can use in your everyday work environment in your organization agency um, that can be that kind of light diffuse of having a conversation and hopefully even going down the path of pursuing some changes within your organization so so you know hearing some of that stuff and having this this idea internally was that, you know, the TED Talk model, you know, was obviously very popular, um, and it spurred conversation. And that's the only thing that we were really after. So, uh, we worked, talked with our partners at IAEM, at NEMA, and over at the Naval Postgraduate School about this idea and they were very excited um, and wanted to, to partner and come on board as well. And so that that's what formed the partnership. And so utilizing, uh, you know, the, the the talent from each of those organizations and video capability and all that, that uh, the Naval Postgraduate School was helping us with, uh, we were able to produce our, our prep talk. You know, and as far as, you know, h- how we got uh, the first speakers and, uh, and again, I think that was just an internal conversation about here's some of the emerging issues that, that we had seen and what people were talking about. And, you know, we've got a lot of great talent, both inside and outside this agency to identify those thinkers, um, and those who are on the leading edge. Uh, and so, you know, we just reached out and, um, we, you know, we wanted to kind of cover stuff about public information and warning since that had been, you know, certainly something that was, you know, in the news lately and, and, you know, also making sure that we had a bit of a global and international view. And so, yeah, so we just reached out and, uh, we were excited and most people, uh, that we reached out to were excited to, to participate. So, so we we're always looking for uh we plan on doing a delivery of two of those per year in actual filming
1: mm-hmm.
0: where that uh you know we're going to we're going to do a, a similar session like that uh what we just did and we'll do those in the fall so we want to do two deliveries of multiple po- uh um, presenters that will, you know, release over the course of weeks and months and, you know, we're we're open to suggestions on emerging uh, issues. That's why we're relying on our partners in the academic community and IEM and NEMA and uh, the private sector to to offer some recommendations and participation. So, you know, some of the things we're looking at uh, for the next one maybe is, you know, the role of artificial intelligence and how that impacts uh, or some ways and the technology uh, for emergency management. Um, obviously, cyber, you know, always continues to be issues. So, you know, those types of things are the, the types of stuff that we're looking for. For a prep talk So if anybody's got recommendations, please, we're, we're happy to hear them.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I was just listening to uh, Dennis Maletti's talk on communication. Hmm. And when I was uh, working near a nuclear power plant, well, I guess the nuclear power plant technically is still there, just no longer uh, uh, no longer operational. Uh, we brought Dennis in to talk about messaging. And uh, it was really interesting to see his perspective on it coming from, from outside. And the, the speech that he gave on the prep talks is, is very much really much on on point and it's really nice to see getting guys like dennis maletti in who's been around for a long time who really has done a lot of academic research into what this is about and it's not just off the cuff you know anecdotal uh ideas it's it's actual research that's done so well done on that by the way
0: yeah yeah we're very and yeah like i said I, i think we're we're looking for those opportunities and those speakers who can kind of provide a new way of thinking about things and even challenge a little bit the uh, some of our assumptions and so yeah that's why we're we're pretty pleased with those and hope they'll continue for a long time
1: <laughs> so Next generation of emergency managers are coming up. I'm, yeah. I'm actually going out to speak to uh, University of Albany uh, regarding uh, their, their student uh, group uh, for emergency managers. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see, like you and I, both of us came up from the, the first response agencies and then into emergency management. And now we're seeing what I'm going to call a pure emergency manager coming out of the colleges without the actual first right. response um, background. And Administrator Long, I think he's our first emergency manager that was a pure emergency manager that didn't come from the response background. Uh, my, right. my, my question on that is, how are we seeing this integration of these peer emergency managers, if you will, coming in into a, a function where we really didn't have that the prior? I mean, we are a young industry. How, how do you see them, I guess, making a difference in the world of emergency management? You know, there's a couple aspects
0: to that, I think, from my experience, both, you know, I, I've always been a local, uh, so, you know, I never worked at the state level, and I came right to the feds from the local. Um, so the one thing, coming to FEMA, and especially now being here at headquarters at, at FEMA, I'm continually to be amazed at the level of talent and quality of folks that we have uh, that work in this agency, and to your point, that have come up through, you know, the academic university system. To do emergency management. I mean, I've got you know people that work for me with me on my team. Uh, you know, from MIT and and graduates, uh, folks that have gone to Harvard. And I'm like, what are you doing here at FEMA? <laughs> you know. Uh, but to your point, it really is. So it's amazing to me uh, that. Cool, uh, because, yeah, uh, you and I coming up, uh, that was not the case, right? You know, you're a firefighting cop and, and, you know, a military kind of. And so, uh, so it's refreshing to see. Now, I will say that FEMA, you know, and at the federal level, it's probably, that's an easier understanding of those folks uh, coming in. I would say, even though I haven't been a local now for, uh, boy, what, eight years now or so, I think that there's many organizations at the state and local level where we see Individuals coming in with that academic, fresh perspective, and I think that that's very healthy. I think that we still need to kind of encourage that, and you know, especially for our more uh, you know smaller emergency management organizations. I mean, that, and that's still the majority of emergency management in this country, right? You know, it, it's uh, they're very small operations, and it, uh, there's collateral duties, and they're also you know serving other roles and serving as the emergency manager. That's a bigger challenge, uh, I would say, and I would think integrate uh, folks like that. But, you know, the more that we, you know, at our state, local, uh, tribal levels, the more we provide opportunities, the more we show how um, this new kind of generation of emergency manager really does have a role to play. I think it is a generational thing and, you know, we'll we'll see this kind of turn. And, and it goes back to my earlier comments in the beginning, especially in those areas where emergency management is a, you know, kind of a small operation in our states and, and many of our local areas we have to continue figuring out and providing ways to show that uh, not only is emergency management a profession and not only is it, you know, just, hey, it's the response and kind of the planning of things that, you know, it is becoming much more complex and much more uh, technical in some areas. And so, you know, through all of the collective effort that we have and academic and training and all that kind of stuff, we, we've got to continue to kind of beat that uh, so that we, we do have opportunities and we have these fresh perspectives of this new generation. So long-winded way of, of saying that I, I'm excited about the direction. Uh, I think that there's always great, great uh, opportunity and, and great aspects uh, to having, you know, people come from the operational world. Uh, but, you know, now emergency management isn't necessarily just about response and, you know, re- Recovery anymore. It, it really is becoming much more complex, and like you said, emergency management in some ways is becoming. We find ourselves becoming involved and responsible for a lot more. So we need a more well-rounded individual to be able to to you know be in those organizations to do that.
1: One of the things that we're trying to do here at at Ian Weekly is create this emergency management community, and I think we're doing a, a pretty good job at it at, at this point. Right. And so this is why we rolled out the uh, forums. dot uh, a sister site to the EM Weekly uh, show, and the idea here is that there are forums and groups, social media kind of uh, feel to it, to where you can create conversations amongst uh, the professions of emergency management. What do you think we could do along those lines more to create that community amongst emergency managers? Say on the on the East Coast to the West Coast to the to whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know one way is. Uh, you know, finding some of these opportunities for shared experiences, and you know, hearing a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, I always like the venues, and this is why we're very you know um, exciting about prep talks and stuff like that. Uh, even though you know, that's thinking big picture and, and all that kind of stuff. Any opportunity that we have to be able to build upon and learn from anybody else's experience. So this is more than just you know after actions and and things like that. But I think especially there was so much experience, and there was so much learned uh, over this last disaster season. I don't care if you were, you know, a local big new emergency manager all the way up to, you know, a state coordinating officer, federal coordinating officer, whatever, that experience across all of the disasters that we had over this last year and just some of the challenges across, you know, whatever mission area that you're in. And I I think uh, trying to bring together and host um, or you know, facilitate uh, some of those opportunities to really hear from folks about how things could be improved or whatever, or you know what perfectly. Um, just having those conversations and uh, so operationally, but then also concentrating and figuring out, you know, if only I, thought of this or did this pre-event and that we had this in place, my God, you know, that would have made life so much easier. So really kind of facilitating those honest peer-to-peer um, conversations, uh, I think, is is another way that we all collectively can try and, you know, figure out how to... Keep promoting that progression uh, of of the profession, and also continuing to reduce and mitigate our you know risk and, and operational risk uh, moving forward. So you know, I, I, I mean, we're we're trying it through you know prep talks and some of the stuff that we produce up here. But I think any organization, any association, to really try and uh, maximize those opportunities because there's a ton uh, from this last year that that we really could you know could learn from. So that's my.
1: <laughs> are you familiar with drew the disaster resilient university uh, yeah I, uh, yeah slightly yeah i use the drew network i think it's really kind of interesting and cool that we could ask a question uh in this listserv thing and you get uh you know you'll get 20 30 emails back of of people doing similar stuff across the country in different universities i'd like to see something like that if you guys would do that over at fema just a, a a portal or something like that, where you can ask one question and, and get a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be kind of a, a cool way of, of growing things. But uh, that's just
0: yeah, that. exactly those types of uh, yeah. So stuff like that, I think is um, you know that that's where we I think would would get a lot of strength and that knowledge transfer in, in ways so will continue to help us build capability.
1: What do you think of a formal mentorship program?
0: So, you know, I think again that that's another aspect to advancing emergency management, and emergency managers. I mean, I think that, you know, when, when, you know, you take a look at in the executive academies and through many of the programs that that mentorship role is really, you know, emphasized. I mean, one thing is that, and that's part of the basis as well. When you just even look at incident management positions or building people up, that you know, you want you want to have a coach mentor. You want to have that individual and identify to, you know, to to work with you to help kind of understand, you know, one that's been there and help kind of help you through thoughts and challenges and and thinking a little bit more strategically. I, I personally have a mentor um, here in the agency, and I have you know coming up both at the at the local level as well. I think the more we can have those opportunities and facilitate something like that for states locals uh, all of that uh, I think again that's another cog in the wheel of the professionalization of emergency managers and that we became a much more collective uh, national group so I'm obviously all in favor of it and I think that it's it's one of those ways tied with everything else that we've been talking about improves our our ability to be effective emergency
1: managers what do you think the biggest hurdle is in professionalizing? Emergency management?
0: I would say that I think that, and there's a political aspect, I I think, is that goes back to my earlier comment. I remember as a local emergency manager, and I still hear it today, that especially at the local level, the inability to have leadership, political leadership, elected leadership, you know, as well as a bureaucratic uh, leadership, understand the commitment and the importance of emergency management to make sure that it is resourced appropriately and that it is not thought of as one, you know, just, okay, it's another part-time job for somebody to do and that, you know, there needs to be a professional component uh, to emergency managers. So I, I think in many ways our ability to fully resource collectively as a nation, to fully resource those those positions and those organizations in emergency management still continue to be a challenge to, to you know, more robustly understand the profession and be much more effective as a nation. So, you know, and, and again, I think going through these experiences, some of the stuff that we try to provide to demonstrate the importance of this role But I I get, especially at the local level, in in our, especially rural areas, it is a huge challenge. And that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges that we still have as a profession.
1: Where do you see emergency management in, say, five years? I, I see emergency management becoming busier. I think, you know, I'm now
0: up, you know, here in... In FEMA, and you know everything that we're taking a look at as emerging threats, and and you know uh, just becoming much more active disaster season. So to counter a little bit of you know what I see is that it's still the big challenge. I do see that you know going down the path of uh, emergency management just becoming more and more involved in the challenges that we as a country face and, you know, natural disasters, special, you know, events and, and, you know, all of those types of things, I do see that we will become more and more a central part, this nation's uh, way of dealing with uh, these incidents. And so uh, I see it grow. I see us becoming much, you know, uh, again, much more active, but I also see us emerging more so on on that kind of leadership and, and technical side as we see advances in technology and challenges. And, you know, like I said, one of the future prep talks we want to kind of talk about is the future of how, you know, technology is impacting emergency managers. I I see that we're going to have to think uh, a little bit more broadly and that, you know, we're going to have to bring people in emergency management that are, you know, uh, with economic, ba- you know, backgrounds in economics and, you know, more social aspects uh, because the work that we're doing is, is venturing more and more into that realm and understanding the interplay you know, of society with disaster and risk reduction and you know, prevention and all of those things. It's going to take people with varied backgrounds. And so I think the drive and the push will continue uh, to make sure that we've got folks that are coming into the profession uh, that are uh, representing more of these diverse backgrounds as opposed to, again, like you know, you and I came into the, into the profession. So that makes me excited.
1: Yeah, me too, actually. And one of the things I'd like to see, too, is I'd like to see some more youth programs out there, not just at the national yeah. level, but at the local level as well. Because, I mean, I don't know how many high school kids are going, you know what, I want to be an emergency manager someday. You know, you hear, right. you hear everything else. But, and it seems like they fall into it later on in life. Um, I'd like to see some more of this kind of come out. And that's one of my, one of my goals here locally and, and where, I, where I live and work is, is to, to get more youth involved in, in the emergency management field.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so we're getting here to the to the end and I have a couple more questions left for you, but the last one is how would somebody who's interested in getting in touch with you, how would they find you?
0: Uh, well, there's several ways. I'm happy to share my uh, email uh, address is uh daniel d a n i e l alexander a l e x a n d e r fema.dhs Dot .gov and then uh my um desk phone here at uh, FEMA is uh, area code 202 212 three zero one six and i'm also on linkedin and uh try to post on linkedin a lot of stuff that we're doing here at the nick and at fema as well so you could certainly uh try and connect with me on linkedin
1: and that's great and for those of you that uh you know, don't have a pencil in your hand right now and you're driving down the road um we'll have that information in the show notes as well so you can always find that information there okay sir here comes the toughest question of the day yeah. What book or publication do you recommend to somebody who is in or wants to get into emergency management and or leadership?
0: Well, yeah, so leadership, um, uh, emergency management. I would say, and only because I'm, I'm, you know, currently, uh, so as, as I was newly promoted into this position as a senior executive status, uh, so I'm going through leadership, uh, you know, courses and, but I, I currently hear, and I think that there's a lot of Validity again to you know the stuff that we've been just talking about about um, getting that level of leadership and, and and making sure that you know leadership in emergency management organizations is reflected. So as I the kind of the theme of of some of my answers is I really view us in in this transition and and change. And so one of the books that uh, I've been reading uh, for these courses is um, Managing uh, It's uh, Making the Most of Change and uh, Transition. And I think that uh, it's by Dr. William Bridges. And I think that that is, you know, it, it provides a framework for understanding that as we see these new emerging trends in emergency management and, you know, uh, uh, new challenges and things like that, this book gives a great framework in a way. Of thinking about how do I analyze that change? How do I communicate what this transition or change in in emergency management in the organization looks like? And how, how can I, again, most effectively uh, actually operationalize that change? So um, especially for leaders, uh, I think that, you know, um, I think it's a great book to kind of lay a foundation and a framework for thinking about um, challenges that you're facing in your organization and then how you affect change as a result of it. So that would be my one recommendation.
1: Oh, very good. All right. So So um, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to say to the emergency managers out there and maybe even to the student uh, EMs out there?
0: first, I appreciate the opportunity. uh, uh love these opportunities to kind of share some cool stuff that's happening uh, up here and, and learn more about what's happening, uh, in, you know, in the stakeholder community. And, you know, I, I thank everybody and thank those who are in this profession. As I said, you know, it's not easy. We have a lot of challenges, uh, both in resources and vision. And then again, you know, for those who were impacted over this last uh <laughs> you know, year and impacted by all of these requirements placed on us with little resources, that is really a call and aspect of leadership that uh, is the challenge. And so my uh, hats off to everybody. And also, and uh, many, I know many in the community and, and they don't pass up an opportunity, but what you need and expect from FEMA, especially where I sit now in the National Integration Center and I was on the response and recovery side, now being in the preparedness side, you know, make sure you know we need to be responsive to what the needs are out there. So you know, whether it's additional planning guidance, whatever it is that that you know the community is calling for, we need to hear and we need to be aware. So uh, hold us accountable and don't be shy, as I know none of you are, uh, in in letting us know what we could do better. And to the you know those who are interested in emergency management, I think that you uh, have chosen uh, an interest in one of the most incredibly rewarding, incredibly. Interesting and incredibly challenging professions that you could. And uh, the one thing that I've always enjoyed about being at FEMA and being in this world is, you know, you could get swept up in the day-to-day politics and drama and stuff like that of just working in any government organization, but you know, the actual knowing the impact of helping disaster survivors and doing work to help the nation um, is one thing that drives all of us here and especially when you deploy and you're out there uh, in the field actually doing it, there's no greater reward. So uh, that's the greatest motivation and uh, uh, we look forward to inviting all of that next generation into the profession.
1: Well, sir, thank you so much for your time and thank you for being on the weekly show.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime.